Now we're going to have our reading from the scripture. It is Matthew chapter 2, reading verses 13 to 23. Carmen is going to read that. The escape to Egypt. When the Magi had gone, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream. Get up, he said. Take the child and his mother and escape to Egypt. Stay there until I tell you, for Herod is going to search for the child to kill him. So he got up, took the child and his mother during the night and left for Egypt, where he stayed until the death of Herod. And so was fulfilled what the Lord had said through the prophet. Out of Egypt I called my son. When Herod realized that he had been outwitted by the Magi, he was furious, and he gave orders to kill all the boys in Bethlehem and its vicinity who were two years old and under, in accordance with the time he had learnt from the Magi. Then what was said through the prophet Jeremiah was fulfilled. A voice is heard in Ramah weeping and great mourning, Rachel weeping for her children and refusing to be comforted because they are no more. After Herod died, an angel of the Lord appeared in a dream to Joseph in Egypt and said, Get up, take the child and his mother, and go to the land of Israel. For those who were trying to take the child's life are dead. So he got up, took the child and his mother, and went to the land of Israel. But when he heard that Archelaus was reigning in Judea in place of his father Herod, he was afraid to go there. Having been warned in a dream, he withdrew to the district of Galilee, and he went and lived in a town called Nazareth. So was fulfilled what was said through the prophets, he will be called a Nazarene. This is the word of God. Thank you, Carmen, for that reading. Our story today, it's the flight into Egypt. And we move from the Christmas scene where, of course, Jesus was a little baby. And sometimes we don't, I think, move on from that story. Some people, people sentimentalize the idea of Jesus just stays a little baby, but he didn't. He grew up to be a little boy, maybe at this time in the flight into Egypt. Um, here there are studies continuing in the Gospel of Matthew. Maybe Jesus was about one and a half or certainly uh, below two years of age. So on this story here, I want to leave you with three words just to remember today. The warning, the escaping, and the returning. There we are, three words to remember today, and I'll just rush through these. Warning. Isn't it good to get a warning in life about something? Maybe it's a wee warning about our health. Something happens to us, and we become a wee bit more careful with ourselves. 
Here was this heads up, as it were, to Joseph. The jealous and cruel Herod is coming to kill Jesus. As he has started to do with the other baby boys. There's danger. A warning. It's a good many years ago. And I found myself with some Scottish ministers and and others. And we were down studying in one of the southern states of America, Mississippi. And uh, it was the month of January and we arrived at the theological seminary. And we were shown to our student accommodation and all of that. Everything was perfect. And uh, that night we slept And something happened. But in the morning, the professor said to us, Well, guys, how did you sleep? And no one answered. No one wanted to tell any lies because we didn't sleep too well at all at night. And it was simply because, simply because, at two o'clock in the morning, we heard this most unearthly noise, the sound of a train. And you would have thought that it was coming through the, actually the, the area of, of the seminary itself. But you see, there was, there was a, a railway line near to where we were. And there was a junction there uh, with the roadway. And you know these trains that they have in America, Amtrak, uh, the Great Western, and the Southern Train. And they carry thousands of tons uh, of freight um, each day. And the federal authorities say that when they reach, when the driver reaches half a mile of any town or village or whatever, or any intersection, the hooter must be sounded twice, and then once, and then twice again. Half a mile away. And then when they're nearing the intersection so that there's no one or no vehicle on the track, they're to do it again. A real warning. So at two o'clock in the morning, we had been woken up and uh, we didn't sleep too well. Well, to a certain extent, we were there for most of a month and and we, we got used to it. Okay. Sometimes we need a warning like that in life. But there are other times whenever situations sneak up on us and danger comes slowly and unnoticed. I think, for example, those people at this time of the year, maybe throughout the year, and they get involved with debt. They, they spend too much money that they haven't got. Or also addiction gets a grip off them and they cannot release uh, their, their, their grip on it. Relationships, for example, and marriage sometimes cool off. And, and again, it's a, it's a slow thing and it's maybe unnoticed at first. And similarly, may I say, with regard to church. You know, whenever we're not feeling so well and our appetite goes, sometimes it's a little bit like that. Something happens in church and we, we say, oh, look, there's many people doing without going to church each Sunday. And we're not just as frequent uh, as we used to be at the events at the church. And we lose connection with the fellowship of the people that know us and love us. It's a little bit like the leak in the shower. Have you ever had a leak in the shower? You know, you're using the shower and you don't know that it's happening. And then someday you come down to the kitchen or somewhere and you look up and you look at the ceiling. And it's all black and there's a drip, drip, 
drip, drip coming down. He said, my goodness, I didn't discover that. And I now maybe have to replace the ceiling or indeed the floorboards or something like that. So there's that kind, there's this sudden warning that we get about something, and that's good. But then there's the danger of something else. Okay, let's move on. There's another little warning bell that sometimes we, we talk about. Right. Oh, up here. Okay. And uh, this is called conscience. When we do something wrong or we're moving to take a decision or whatever, we say, that's not maybe, maybe really right to do that. The Apostle Paul spoke to the Corinthian church about the merits of having a good conscience, a clear conscience, but also says in First Timothy, conscience can be cauterized, if you know what that is. In other words, we can become insensitive and we can become dead in our conscience. That's why people say, oh, why on earth could someone go home and sleep in their beds at night after doing such a terrible a crime or whatever? But Paul points to the fact that conscience itself can be dead. Paul himself said, my conscience is clear, but this does not make me innocent. Well, you've all heard of C.S. Lewis. Son of Ulster, Oxford Dawn. And he speaks a little bit about the deficiencies of conscience. Uh, conscience. And uh, in the letters to an American lady, and maybe you know or are well acquainted with his writings, but this one is a little bit less familiar. And he gives the example. He says, the dog. Uh, that's very like a pup that uh, our eldest daughter has got uh, a black lab at the minute. And what, what fun they have and we have been having with it. Okay, here's what C.S. Lewis says. The dog is honest, humble, believing its conscience is bad. For he is a mis if he has a dis misdemeanor, he hangs his head in shame and he goes to the corner. The cat is a Pharisee, falsely comfortable in its own goodness, who sits and stares at you, thanking God that he is not as those dogs or these humans or even other cats. So you can take your pick over what model of conscience to follow. But both of these are deficient. Is there a better way? Yes, Jesus says. In order to hear him, we need to be in relationship with him, close to him. He says, my sheep hear my voice and they know me. So here's the warning for us today with that word warning. It simply is this. Don't follow Jesus at a distance. Come close to him. Stay close to him. Walk with him each day and he will guide you throughout life's journey. Okay, let's move on then to the escaping, the second word. Joseph got up, he took the child and his mother, and he left during the night for Egypt. Joseph, Mary, and the boy Jesus ran for their lives, escaping danger from the evil despot. And by the way, Egypt was, of course, a neighboring country, and there were lots of pockets of Jews already living there that had gone there for different reasons. 
escaping. Let's think about that for a moment here. Okay. Escaping fire. I wonder, have you any relatives in Australia? I have some cousins. We have some cousins down there. And it has been truly terrifying with these fires, uh, certainly where they live in New South Wales. Last Thursday, I heard, there was a place called Blackheath. Funny, funny description, funny name, but Blackheath. And apparently there was a 40 meter wall of flame. And the residents just escaped from their homes. And all that was left when they went back and took photographs was the bricked up fireplace. Most of the houses are wooden there and all remaining was the fireplace. Some of them left and got some of their photographs out, some of their personal items. And those eucalyptus trees in the Blue Mountains, if you've ever been there, they're just tinder dry so often. And um, in some places, nine million acres were destroyed. Well, escaping, escaping. Refugees, illegal immigrants. This year, 2019, hundreds have been trying to cross the channel, the English Channel. And you remember there was the truck discovered, sadly, with those desperate Vietnamese people, 39 of them losing their lives. These people escaping war, conflict, religious persecution, perhaps in their own country. Paying people, um, smugglers, large amounts of money in order to reach uh, safety. It's a little bit of a reminder of the story of Exodus in the Old Testament. The story of God's people trying to escape slavery in Egypt. There's another little story I want to flag up this morning. And it's simply this. The story of Joseph, the other Joseph. Jacob's son, Genesis chapter 39. In Egypt, you remember, he was doing quite well. He had a good job. He was in a good household. Potiphar, his boss, was the captain of Pharaoh's guard. But then you remember the story of how Potiphar's wife tried to seduce him. And what did he do? Immediately when he saw the situation, he ran. He escaped, leaving his coat behind, unfortunately. The Hebrew slave as he was. She cried out, this Hebrew slave has tried to assault me. Who would believe him? He had no status or anything at all and he was thrown into prison. And here is a very important lesson for us this morning from Genesis 39, Joseph. Seeing the situation, he ran from sin. I believe this is a vital and crucial aspect of the gospel. At the beginning of the ministry of Jesus, he said, the time has come. The kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe. Those two things. Now, many folks feel that they can easily do the second part of this. They may reason, well, most people believe in something, don't they? There's someone up there looking after us, surely. And they omit the first part of this message from Jesus. And in doing so, Leaving out, repent. They end up with a cheap, superficial belief in something. But it's not Christianity. In true Christianity, you see, we must identify what sin is. The breaking of God's laws. How it impacts on our personal lives. 
and then leads us on to an inner change of heart at turning away from sin. That's why Jesus died. That's why John the Baptist, in preparation for the coming of Jesus, spoke so much on this particular word, repentance. Only Jesus, the true rescuer, can help us to escape from our sin and carry us to safety and give us peace within. So then, there's the warning that we receive and God gives us about our lives as we reflect upon them coming to the end of this year before we go into another new year. And there's the possibility that he opens up for us of escaping from the situation of our sin. But then, finally, this lovely word, returning. The angel of the Lord said then to Joseph, take the child, take his mother, and go back to the land of Israel. I'm sure you'll agree with me today. There's something special about coming home. If you or your family have ever studied at college or university over in England, Scotland, Wales, or further away, or if you've worked abroad and you arrive back for Christmas or some other special time, it's a great cause for celebration. You're only to look at those hugs that are given uh, when people arrive at the airport. How terrible it would be to see any of our loved ones come home ill or having lost weight, poorly clothed, no money, down and out as we would say. Well, here's a story and an illustration. If you travel to St. Petersburg in Russia and you go to the Hermitage Museum, maybe you've been there, you will see the famous oil painting by Rembrandt. 1669, I think, was the date. And it's the story of the prodigal son returning. This my son was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. The story from Luke chapter 15. There it is there. The best that we can do in this slide. And when you go there, it's a little bit like going to the Louvre uh, to see the Mona Lisa and Da Vinci. You can hardly get near it and people are taking photographs and all of that. But this painting here interprets the idea of God's love and mercy, his unchanging grace and patience. Note the contrast here. The old man is well-dressed in the scarlet cloak. The son is in rags, an outcast and stranger. He has wasted his inheritance. He has squandered all the money he was given, overcoming his pride and and knowing that he deserves nothing, he returns. And the homecoming is in pictorial form here. Without any words, it is a summary of the great gospel message for all of us. But back to our story of how the boy Jesus came back with Mary and Joseph, Matthew 2. Herod was dead. Archelaus, his son, was now in control. He ended up being as evil as his father and was eventually removed, we're told, by the emperor of Rome. So God directed Joseph once again 
not to return to Judea, but to come north, to go to the district of Galilee and to the town of Nazareth. And here's something to think about. You see, whenever we return to God, if we've slipped away and we've forgotten about him, and we know we need to come back again, when we return to God with true repentance and genuine faith and become disciples of Jesus and enter his kingdom, we find ourselves in a new location, a new place. Because Mary and Joseph and, 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 and the baby, now a little boy, didn't go back to the old place, a new place. It's completely different from the old way of life. We're accepted by God, not because of anything we have done, not because of his work, but, but because of his work on the cross. We're forgiven, accepted, and redeemed. And we move from a place of condemnation to a place of grace. No longer a slave to sin, but now a child of God. Isn't that wonderful? So, let's listen to the warnings God gives us sometimes in our lives. Let's run from sin as Joseph, Jacob's son, knew to do and escape from it. But let's remember to return into the arms of our Heavenly Father. There's no better time to make this spiritual relocation. And on this Sunday, as we say goodbye to 2019, we're all at a crossroads. And we ask ourselves, which way will we take? Will we take the pathway of coming? And if we make New Year resolutions that we will, we will promise ourselves that we will want to draw close to our Savior and to know more about him and to walk in his way? Or will we simply turn in the other direction and take our own selfish pathway? The question is put to us and we have to search our hearts and see which way we will go. Let's pray together. Oh God, our Heavenly Father, thank you for the warnings that you give us in life about so many things. We thank you that you tell us to escape from our sin and you provide the wherewithal for us to do that. And we ask that you would help us to return even before this year is out that we might come close to you because you will draw close to us. You have promised that. May that be the case. Bless this teaching to all our hearts. Challenge us and encourage us today. In Jesus' name, amen.